Welcome to Not Just Talk Radio, a modern-day movement offering a platform where real talk and new perspectives are transformed into action and evidence. Your host is LaTanya Jr., along with co-hosts Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. LaTanya is known for her unconventional brilliance and humanitarian scope of interest. They're ready to share both wit and wisdom. Now, here is LaTanya, Tina, and Tony. Welcome, welcome, Not Just Talk Radio. Hey, ladies. Good morning. You know what, you guys, we have to add Junior, I'm um, Jewel to the intro, and she's been so kind. This is Tanya, Tina, Tony, and then, and then we, and then of course she's on, she's on with us. Jill, don't you want to be a part of the intro promo? I'm very self-aware, and I'm all good. I know I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that means she gonna quit. Oh, that means no, we, she's gonna quit. Audience, do we have a T? Do we have a T to her name? <laughs> no, that that just means I could say anything and go. No, that wasn't me. I, I'm not. I, I don't know. That wasn't me. I, I well, she <laughs> is in China. She's in China. We don't know if she's gonna really show up. You know how that works. <laughs> well, let me start by saying, um, welcome back, to Tina Wen. And let me just also preempt the audience. Tina hasn't been here for two weeks, and then she called and came up with this show idea to make us completely butt naked today on the show. <laughs> Thanks, Tina. Thank you, Tina. Okay. <laughs> Welcome Listen, back. Two weeks. One was legit. The other one was, uh, you know, we had a serious business meeting, and one of us had to cover, so... One of us, Tina yeah. and Tony are business partners, so yes. one of them. Yeah. Um, um, I, and I said to myself, so Jewel texted me from China. I mean, she was on, she, whatever you do when you reach out to me, and said, I need to take a nap for this show. It's a good thing that we can go XXX. So anyway, welcome to the show, uh, our listening audience in 150 countries. And we're, we're going to have a, um, um, a guest call in. I don't want to guess. I sort of on Facebook said, hey, do you want to join us? And so we want to get some other perspectives. And then, of course, you know, others can call in. And that's Camille Bureau. I know I got that last name wrong because I'm talking out of my nose. Uh, Camille, I know you're listening to us. Pronounce your name correctly for me. Camille Brewer. There you go. Brewer. Like beer. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm just saying, even though I no longer drink, I no longer drink, but uh, she's got, she's got to join. <laughs> so, so how did you connect brewer with beer? Yeah. Well, <laughs> brew. 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 You know, I'm just like, that's how I was taught. Brew beer. Um, so, <laughs> so she here. could also brew coffee. But we also right. brew tea. Uh, that was not a priority. <laughs> Consider the source. So I think about a Corona and I think about Camille. Corona, I got it. So ladies, um, she's going to dive in a little later uh, after I figure out what you guys been doing. What, what's at the top? What's at the top of your list of news? Just warm up here a little bit for the listeners. And then we're going to really get into this serious conversation and a spiritual conversation and emotional conversation, unfolding our truth, um, examining our truth, defining who you are, all that good stuff. Since Tina uh, set us up for this, Tina, what have you been up to? Give us, give us a jump right in. Well, besides working really hard, um, I have the wonderful opportunity to work with a children's choir uh, in the area that I'm in. They're actually in my church. And it's 
80, 90 kids strong, the ages five through 17. And we were blessed, truly. Um, we were asked to perform at a fundraiser for St. Jude's Hospital, um, which for those who do not know, is a hospital for children with um, severe illnesses. And every bill, every ounce, every penny is paid for by St. Jude's of the families, no matter where they are in the country, where they have to fly into Memphis, Tennessee, where the hospital is. And um, they pay their transportation, their their um, hotel, all the medical expenses, operations, just everything. And this was a fundraiser. And I will tell you, one of the, the, the there were children also on the program in addition to us, but one young lady, nine, 10 years old, born with autism, Doctors told her parents she would never speak. She would never speak. And this young girl led my choir in the song. She was the soloist. And she was phenomenal. And to see the kind of work that is done, that has brought this child who was mute, who now has this gift of voice, was just, you know, it's like, to me, this is the reason for the season. You know, to yeah, see you know, these, so, yeah, these young lives, you know, just changed, changed. Yes. You're, you're, we're we're going to we have a show on autism coming up in a couple of weeks. And so maybe we'll circle back to you and see if her parents uh, would like to join us on air because we we have some organizations like two or three organizations. So that would be really, amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's great news. And uh, yeah. I mean, I got a Nancy Wilson story, and you made you made me sit oh, back. Oh man, you stole my story, Latanya. <laughs> okay, no, no, you take Nancy. I'm gonna no, 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 no. stories. I'm gonna I'm gonna so let you take Nancy because I know Nancy probably came through your parents' home, so <laughs> yep. I can't I can't compete with that. Well, I, I, I will tell you, <laughs> I will tell you this. Um, most of you know in the New York area, Von Harper. Um, and Von Harper was um, the Quiet Storm at night. I called him Uncle Von for all of my life um, and, 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 and that's how I referred to him and he felt like an uncle and so really my, my connection I knew my dad knew Nancy really really well um, but my connection was Von Harper and Nancy Wilson because I was um, once he invited me down to the studio and I had some quiet time to just sit and it's a beautiful thing to sit in a room with just two people or over you know listen in on uh, with two folks um, I've been there where she's walked backstage but you know she had a certain silhouette and 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 aura to herself and when you're a kid you know who to hey hey how you doing you know and who not to but it wasn't you know she was always a super grown woman to me she wasn't like Gladys or Phyllis Hyman, which came off a little more family kind of thing, and and um, and so she will be missed. She's one of my favorite artists. Um, another great connection, as you know, that she loved. Um, she was influenced by um, Diana Washington and Quincy Jones, and Diana Washington and Quincy Jones were the participants in my father's first album. The one of the Dells' first albums was produced by Quincy Jones. Then. Um, Dinah Washington trained them and then they were the backup singers and performed with Ray Charles for many years. Um, so there is a certain kinship and connection and we send love to her family. She's There's not going to be a funeral, guys. Yeah. Um, and I respect that. We didn't give one for my father either. So no funeral, but we should expect something some, somewhere around March and April. Yeah, some kind of yeah, some kind of memorial. So love's out. We, it's a great loss and I'll shut my mouth. Well, let me add one thing about Nancy Wilson. Back in the Dizay AA, 
I know you know I, her. I worked at the United Negro College Fund. And ah, there you go. go. Way, way back to the Lou Rawls Parade of Stars. That was <laughs> my first professional job working on that program and came in contact with uh, Miss Wilson many, many, many years. And she is a class act. I mean, yep. just like you, you just class walk through the door and everybody straightened up. Everybody. Because Nancy right. Wilson was there. She could bring her kids. She was very protective of her kids. But she let them stay with me, so I'm honored that she felt comfortable enough to send her kids. Oh yeah, that's a big one. To hang yeah. out with me, so she definitely will be missed. Definitely. Yeah, I wish we could play music on the show because I just have so many songs that, you know, I that's just coming through my soul that I would love to 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 share. It would be a great Nancy Wilson moment. Okay, Jewel. Uh, what are you <laughs> up to in China? Well, um, beside the fact that uh, it, we're getting ready for Christmas, you know, I'm teaching American literature to uh, 11th graders, and uh, I'm getting them ready. They do not, for the most part, celebrate Christmas here, so I get no. to to do the introduction of Christmas and do things like Secret Santa for my entire school, which is a big deal. They Everybody loves it, and I, I get to play Mama Claus. Um, and with the children, what I love to do, like I did for Thanksgiving, is talk about the meaning of the holiday. So even uh, as we do Secret Santa, we talk about, you know, just giving gifts and why we give gifts and, and all of that. And so, you know, it's just a wonderful opportunity to um, experience something new. And in class, we're learning about Emerson and talking about oh, individuality. My favorite. Right? My favorite. And I, I particularly love it when I hear, you know, the kids say things that they, you know, express how um, they're thinking in ways that they never thought before, because that's one of the big differences between American education and Chinese education is that, you know, we are taught to question and ask why. And so it always throws them whenever I will ask a question and then they give me an answer and I go, why, why? Why? And they're, they're, you know, sitting there with that look on their face for a long time, like they, they're not quite sure what I'm asking. Um, and it's good to see them go from that to literally answering their question and then answering the why before I get it out of my mouth. And then talking about individuality, which is something that they are not taught um, because, you know, China classroom, there's a teacher at the front of the room and all the kids, the, the object is not to stand out. It's not to be an individual. It's to be as quiet as possible and just, you know, memorize and re regurgitate and do that. And so I love um, being able to teach this way and this method and, and see how they respond. And, um, and it, so it's been a really good couple of weeks and um, it, it helps to get over that being so far away from home to be able to get love done by 56 children and, and see their eyes light up when they learn something new and they talk about things and see things in a way they never saw them before. Jill, were you supposed to tell us that, or are you going to show up missing? Now, come on. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to call you next week, and you didn't tell the secret about teaching in China, and I got to fly there with my, <laughs> with, my not. with my discovery mask on and find you. Don't be telling us stuff we don't know about. Let's hope not. That's a great segue into today's show. And, and not only, um, I'm going to let, I'm going to start with Tina because when Tina and I spoke, and we try, ladies, we'll share our audience, we try not to talk a lot about what the show's going to be about. We sort of throw it up on the wall. As a matter of fact, I normally don't send anything to you until about 24 hours before the show is um, um, about to happen. Um, and so I really want to start with Tina, but she was so passionate and she wrote this up so quickly. Uh -huh. I was looking for, she's like, girl, I wrote it and sent it to you. 
And um, and and this piece here is so important now because of the season. And this season is the highest suicide rate season in the in, in the United States. Um, I don't know about other countries, um, but this is an, an, a time where people really reflect and they have to come together with families they're having challenges with and so on, et cetera. And the core essence of it, I mean, I've had enough therapy. I mean, I'm going to put it out there. You know, I love therapy. They often have to tell me to leave. Is that we almost have to, I'm not even going to say we almost. I believe that I, the hardest fight I have is holding my ground, standing my pure essence, the truth of who I am. Because the world and family and friends are constantly trying to tell you who you are. Now, of course, we have that space in life where we need a little constructive criticism. And that's on you if you don't take it, because that's really a gift. You know, constructive criticism is a gift. But I'm talking about that space where you are very firm in who you are. And it's that protective space where... It actually allows you to live your best life. It allows you to go into a space of silence and um, and be alone and protect yourself and heal yourself. And and so we're going to have different perspectives because I never have had I've never had children. So based on this phone uh, on this radio show, we have people that are grand uh, somebody's a grandmother and people have children and so on, et cetera. Tony and I are the only two that that never had children, and so I'm sure our perspective is different. We want to share it. Hopefully, it's encouraging for our listening audience. Um, and I've posted uh, uh, 14 things. I'm going to run down at the last end of the show. 14 things that help you define who you are and hold your ground. But but Tina, when you came, when you decided to put us, you know, make us get naked for the radio listening audience. What what space were you coming from? Because you wrote this show. I can almost basically say you're the executive producer of the show. Um, yeah, you are. And what did you want to share with us? My my whole um, thought process around this was for us, whether you are women, and mostly I'm I'm focusing on women, but it's for everyone. Taking a good hard look at yourself and evaluating. First of all, how do you feel about yourself? And I'm not talking about physically. We all have imperfections in that respect. But seriously, do you care about yourself? Do you love yourself? Do you wait, even times. like yourself? Tina, Tina, wait, yes. times. As you said that first question, will you answer it for us so they have an example? And then some of us okay. can answer it. So let, let me, Tina, do you care about yourself? Apps 100 billion percent. And Why? As Jewel would say, and why? Mm-hmm. Because there was a period in my life where I allowed other people to define who I was, to direct my path, and I kept falling short. And it got me to the point where I felt as though, and I was very close to it, suffering a nervous breakdown. And I finally said, how do I save myself because no one else is coming to get me we're hugging you honey we hear the voice we're hugging <laughs> you right now we got all this love we oh do you feel it and right. i made a conscious decision only i could save myself you know yeah. i you know i have i'm a spiritual person but i'm gonna respect the space that i'm in right now but i had to save myself and in order to do that i had to remove myself from every single thing that was negative in my life, whether it was my marriage, whether it was my family, whether it was my job, so all before we, be, the above. 
before we go to break, I'm going to ask another why, because I'm, I'm going to try to, I'm tr- drilling down. So it was, you know, you had to say yourself, yes, you care. But I want to know, why do we get to that place? Because we are going to answer this. Why did you surrender who you were or never even connect to who you were and allow other people to navigate you or define you? I, I, do you do you have that answer? I, I think it's because of our innate our our innate ability to want to please to 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 be pleasing to to everyone to all people to want to be liked to want to be accepted to even want to be loved to want to have friendships and relationships so you compromise yourself yeah. in order to be a part of and even and though we then have, I'm, I'm sorry you're a part of and does it make you happy right and so we have two minutes to break. I'm going to, I'm going to, this is your two minutes. Here's a question. How long did it take you to get, just get a guesstimate of years to transform yourself from, no, I'm not doing it. I'm going to be who I am. And, and, Cause it's, it's, I'm sure you have to chip away. How long do you think that took you for that transformation? Well, I was in a 20 odd year marriage and went slash relationship. And then I jumped into another relationship that lasted close to 10 years and it was at that point where I said I, I don't know who I am and I it so it took me close to half my life half my life to okay, well, stop and get off and shut it down and so we're, we're gonna go to break but stop, get off, and shut it down. And that really become the premise because sometimes we, we chip away at it, but you just literally stop. And I want, when, it, when we get back, I want to share, I want to see what other people are saying on the show um, and answer some of these other questions because I think this is that space we're so stuck at. I, I actually think it's one of the biggest issues that deal with racism and how we get over it um, and how we, um, it's, I, I have to, this is such a big subject and Camille and I were talking about that briefly last night. And so we're going to go to break and we're going to come back because I want to understand how, how are people in challenged situations also dealing with identifying who they are and also living in a society that puts this extra pressure of sexism, racism um, out there. And then of course the rest of us are going to share our stories. How about that? Not just talk radio. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are listening to Not Just Talk Radio. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to lj at notjusttalkradio.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome, welcome, Not Just Talk listening audience around the world. Today we're all talking about truth and defining your truth. It's that time of the year. So it's not a good time of the year because we're on a new year here in the United States, right? And it's a wonderful way to say moving forward. Uh, These are my intentions and leave this baggage behind. I think it's a wonderful time of the season um, to approach that. And then when those that are with family, it's okay to have a side conversation and say, you know what? I am unfolding who I am. This is who I am. This is how I want to be treated. I get to create these rules for myself. Um, And by the way, heads up, things are going to change around here. It's all right to say that. Um, We've given Tina a little love during the break. Uh, And and thank you so much for sharing that, Tina. That's not an easy share. And, And we're sharing just as a reminder because get with your girlfriends, um, whomever you need, husband, partner, it doesn't matter, postman, I don't care. But if you need to share, <laughs> you better get it off your chest. It is never going to work if you don't talk about it. If you don't talk about it, it's not going to work. So, so Tony, you want to talk to us? You know, we're talking about this defining moment of truth. Hmm. Um, and I know you and I don't have children, so um, not to answer for you in that space, but I don't have to push back children and grandchildren because that's not our space. But what? when you, when you, what is the, what's that defining moment? Because what, when I said, Tony, would you come on the radio show? It was really because I said it to you, you are so on point with who you are and what you do and you're very exact and you're the balancer. You're such a great balancer. <laughs> and it's. I'll shut up now. This is something over time. I think think my mother had a lot to do with that. Uh, I have a sister who's a year older, and my mother raised us to be together, to stick together. Nobody's more important than your sister. I remember when we were teenagers, my best friend lived next door, and if we were invited to, if I was invited to like a high school party, I might invite my neighbor, my best friend next door, but my sister was also my friend, but my mother would say, did you ask your sister to go? And I would be like, oh, mom, you know, it's just, you have to go everywhere with me, that kind of thing. And, um, and that's something that she just insisted upon my sister and I being together. And a day will come in your life when you find out how much of a team you and your sister have to be. And that day came and I found out. And my sister and I have been together. She is my partner. She is my teammate. And I will say that 
anytime somebody asks me who my best friend is, who is my partner. Uh, I'm not married. Um, and so my sister is my partner and my teammate. And it was something that my mother instilled in us. And also in our neighborhood growing up in a church, we had something called teen club. And teenagers from the neighborhood, we were probably 13 through maybe 18. Every Wednesday, we went to teen club. And at teen club, the leaders talked about self-esteem. They talked about loving yourself. They talked about bullying. They instilled all of this stuff in us early. And I think that made a big difference. Here's a question for you, because I know, you know, my family's from the South, and that's a whole different dynamics. And is there different levels of the South? Did your mom basically raise you identical with the same kind of value rules or instructions? How about, no, values probably, yes, instructions. Or did your mother see your... I, um, your individuality and celebrate your individuality, but taught you how to come together because that is a critical piece when people stay together, um, I, I, you know, versus saying I have four kids, y'all should all be behaving the same because I raised you the same. And then I've had those families and I have those friends as parents say, no, each and every one of you are special and different. And I celebrated those differences and taught you how to work together. Which of those that your mom and your father do? I think that my mother tried to give us everything that maybe she didn't get 100% of. She had a sister, and they had somewhat of a strained, or they were different people. I'm not sure which one it was. And I think she wanted to make sure that we didn't have the same kind of relationship that she had with her sister. She knew what she was missing in her relationship with her sister. And I think she wanted to make sure we had it. And I think, you know, when you say sometimes parents, and I have, and my, and my father, you know, I grew up with my mother and my father, but to just talk about um, what a parent sacrifices for you. And I was talking the other day about my mother, and I said, I remember my mother, if if we said, Mom, do you, could I have seconds of the rice, you know, from dinner? If there was no more rice... My mother would literally lift up her plate and take her knife and scrape her rice, rice off and give it to me, even yeah. though she wanted rice. That's just the kind of sacrifice. And I think she took everything that maybe she didn't get or everything that she knew she wanted us to have and gave it to us and made sure we were fortified. And the unfortunate thing was that my mother passed away at age 62, very unexpectedly. And so when that happens... You literally have to get up the next day and continue your life. But fortunately, she gave us everything we needed to do that, to get up yeah. the next day and keep it moving and, and keep moving forward. So I you think know, that that was important. Um, I, you know what I think not only is important, it's critical, but one of the critical things you shared is that your mother saw what didn't work in her family amongst her siblings. And that's the aha moment when I, you know, I meet people, you know, I've had a friend that on Christmas Eve committed suicide, um, that I was, um, assisting with, um, just basically trying to keep her busy and caregiver. She had stayed um, some time um, at my home and so on, et cetera. Um, I had a, a friend that called me last week and felt suicidal and we did some emergency. And I'm thinking to myself, what is going on? I can speak for 
people of color, because I understand the different, different, the extra levels of pressure due to systemic racism and how the world sees you. And I don't think, um, I don't, I'm not sure, let me say that, if the rest of the world really understands how strong and how important it is to know who you are when you are in this space that come with this social space that come with all this additional pressure. But I do believe, and you guys let me know if you agree, that in if you are in a family, and I'm sure everyone is, if you don't like how you were raised, if, if, you, did, if you saw what was wrong, Native Americans say 12 generations strong, you must be brave enough to snap those bad, because they're nothing but habits. They are nothing but habits and change the next generation for the better. And so if you're if your family, you know, I always said to my family and I'm going to put it out there, how the heck we're a family and we have access to professional photographers for years and we still don't have a family photo. (laughs) How does that work? You know, I have siblings. I've never been to their home for dinner in my entire life. I've never even got an invitation. I'm sure they they like me, love me or something in that space. Um, And you can't change those people. You would hope they change their habit, but then you change and, and, and change the trajectory of your family line and be an example and be brave enough. And it's brave because the family's going, they're going to come for you. They think you're mad. They think you're angry. They don't realize I am for sure that those habits aren't healthy and it stops here. Now I'm going to shut up. Um, do you, I mean, do you guys agree? Well, I think that when you know who you are and what you want, the yes and no become easier. Right. Um, you know, um, uh, for me, uh, and this is Jewel, <laughs> uh, my, my, my little bit of story is pre, pre-20s, I was busy being the good girl, daughter, and friend. My 20s were spent being the <clears throat> good girl, friend, and wife. 30s being good mommy. 40s being good wifey again. And finally, <clears throat> here it is, and it's time for me. Um, I believe, as Tanya said, that I've always known whatever that thing is, you know, that people spend a lifetime trying to figure out. I've always known. Um, But it took me removing myself from all things familiar, all things comfortable, all things safe to get to where I am now. And and now I understand. And there's a difference between knowing and understanding. Um, and I'm in this this place now where for me, it's all about integrity. And I recently just going through this thing, you know, yeah, holidays have never been really tough for me. But being 7000 miles away from all things, you know, most things that I know and love, it, it's a little bit more challenging um, and being alone because I'm writing a book now about the importance and the art of being alone. Um, I'm looking at things a little different. <clears throat> but now recently becoming single after 20 years. Um, I, you know, married men are coming after me with a vengeance. And so now for me, it's like, what's really happening? Why has it always been happening? And I'm just noticing it now. Um, But for me, I had to sit still because I'm in this place of feeling a little vulnerable and feeling a little alone and and actually contemplating some things until I had to realize who I was and and what I stand for. And and I, I keep telling people I have two principles that I stand 
firm on and one is I will never ever be with a married man and I can't really remember what the other principle was. <laughs> it's back to A. <laughs> and, and it's, it's that same one. And, and, and the fact that I was contemplating or thinking that I had to think, wait a minute, what? where is that coming from? And then I realized, no, it doesn't really matter. It's about integrity. And I'm talking to these people around here and I'm really surprised by the answers that I'm getting from both men and women in regards to what they would do. And they're like, I don't care about anybody else. It's about me and taking care of me. And, you know, and I've always been the one that people are like, oh, you're just selfish. You, you moved away to China. You, you do you. You're selfish. And I'm like, I'm OK with being selfish. But when it comes to that thing, for me, it's about integrity. And it's not about the other woman. It's not about that man. It's about who I say I am and what I do to to prove that to myself, not to anybody else. And the choices I make, you know, it's my yes, it's my no. <laughs> do, you know? Here's a question for you, because, you know, we grew up in the same town. And other adults, including my mother, said the example that your mom laid down. My mother would say, there is no person or parent I've ever seen to love a child as much as Doreen loved Jewel. And that I hoped I lived up to that same level um, of love. You've heard that before. And so when I'm sure I'm not going to answer that for you. Is it that expression of love? Did, did it become a natural pass along and do you see it uh, being manifested in your, your children and in your grandchildren? Is that the connector um, that's, that's holding you guys together? Well, let me tell you, my mom, I absolutely, you know, people meet women and other people and they call them mom. I've never called anybody else mom because to me that holds a, a space and a place that no one else could fill that spot like my mother. Um, and she was not a woman without faults. And my mother um, loved her. She would, she was, when you talked about the rice, that was my mother. She would give you the last dime out of her pocket. And, and she, you know, no matter what. Um, and but she, you know, um, had these experiences and she was very free. And my mother used to wear hot pants and all the boys in the neighborhood love coming to see me because they wanted to see my mama. Um, <laughs> but she told me every single day that she loved me. And I grew up thinking everyone had that and got that. Um, and I grew up in having my own children made sure that I told them that I loved them and kissed them in the mouth and hugged them and lay down to this day my son's 27 years old and when I see him if um, I'm laying down he will come and lay next to me um, you know it's it's important to me that love and sharing that it's that cocoon um, kind of family experience <clears throat> Absolutely. And I passed that out. And it, it is important. And, and to the point where sometimes I wondered if I was, you know, not smothering, but loving too much or something. I don't I don't even know that that's possible. But um, I think now as I look at them as adults, I'm very proud of who they are. Um, not real excited about some of the choices that they've made, but I am that type of parent that um, it's your choice to make. And I did my part and my job in raising you. Now I'm, you know, uh, that's not my job to parent. And my job is more of an advisor now. Um, and I love the fact that my son will call me when he's being that hot headed 20 something and he's thinking of doing something stupid. And he goes, okay, mom, what do you think? And I will explain it. He goes, that's why I call you. Cause I know you're gonna, you know, well, tell I, me what I need to hear. I, let me tell you, let me let me give you a compliment here. I think one of the things that's so freeing with you is that you are a parent that trusts the skills you uh, use to raise your children from their infancy to they were 18, 19, and you have been able to free your children. You know, because I, I, you know, I, I see that experience where 
You can be 40, 30, 40, I mean, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. And I am shocked at how adults, a parents will still try, not suggest, but demand that an adult child respond based on <laughs> their belief system. Right. And they don't realize why we have so many 50-year-olds on Prozac. I, I, I believe that um, not celebrating your child's individuality, basically you're saying to yourself, I didn't trust myself. Right. I didn't think I did a good enough job. And Jewel, you have been so spectacular at that that it's helped me to stand in my truth. It's helped me to say, I mean, as you know, for years, I'm the person that you can always call on Tanya, blah, blah, blah. And, and I never sh- rocked the boat, even though Hillary Clinton told me years ago, personally, on a one on one conversation, I said, what what advice do you have? And she said, rock the boat. And it took mm-hmm. me a moment to get it. And then Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, I am really cheating myself. And more recently than ever, the last four years, I remember calling home once and I said, I feel like I'm dying. Mm. I I feel like I'm dying. And what I realized is that I had not lived in my truth, my identity. There's conversations when I get when you get in a family of very religious people, there's conversations you don't even have because, you know, they're going to be disruptive or you automatically know you're not going to agree. Well, let me tell you what I believe. Nope, that uh, uh-uh, you don't get to tell us what you believe, because if you do and if we don't like it, we ain't going to say nothing to you, you know. And, and so it has been. Um, an awakening for myself, and 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 you know me, and others um, know me that I'm a I, I live off of honesty in my word. Mm. Would you mm. say? I mean, when people say Latanya Junior, it's honesty, word, excellence. And I'm very proud of that. Um, and um, I know we're going to go to break in two minutes, but I'm going to say this: often, when we see our family members striving for greatness, and we can't wrap our the words around to congratulate them, because I hear people say, "Well, we want them to stay humble," and I'm thinking to myself, okay. "You have to understand what that word means." And I've really learned more recently through a Quincy Jones documentary how people really don't understand the the definition of ego, because when you have a huge, huge ego, it's normally because you're trying to hide an insecurity. And I had to realize I had to get those definitions right to help plateau my self-being. And stop listening to people that come from a place of fear, because a lot of that comes from fear. They they don't tell you about things they know. They tell you about things that they are afraid of or what they heard, you know, and that's not a place to operate from fear. So it stops you in your tracks. I, I totally agree. And when we come back, we're going to we're going to go to break. We're going to talk to Camille. And so Camille is normally not with us. So we're expecting Camille. I'm just telling you, girl, we expecting it. And nobody really knows you here at the table. And so we're, we're really we're really excited about your insight because she's a grandmother also. Um, and um Stay tuned to Not Just Talk Radio. I want you to take some notes and and, th- and think about this. This really helps define. No, I'm going to say it. This defines your pure existence and your ability to achieve what you want, right, and to attract what you want. On that note, we'll be back. Not Just Talk Radio. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. 
You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get Amplified. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet, who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are listening to Not Just Talk Radio. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to lj at notjusttalkradio.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome, welcome. We're back. Not Just Talk Radio listeners around the world, thank you. This is a show I'm going to encourage you to re-listen to and share it with your family and friends. And, and, and you're getting all these different perspectives. And I want you to puzzle it together. We, we can't tell you which order because we're all different and we respect your individuality. And a, a part of this is discovery and finding yourself. But it is critical. I have to tell you, it's just critical as, as we shared before. But, you know, we want to talk to uh, uh, Camille here. And Camille's been listening. She's from um, California, right? Somewhere in there, right, gal? You're in the warm weather state. And, well, and so come oh, on. I am. I'm here. I've been here long enough to say I'm from here, but... You know, I'm originally from over there where you were. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, she was born and raised in, and, and we reconnected on, we haven't spoken in, we hadn't spoken in probably 40 years, we reconnected on Facebook, yeah. and um, I'm so glad, and she's doing wonderful things, but that, that's not why she wanted to, um, she didn't you know, accept the, well, that's not why she accepted the invitation to chat with us, Uh Tell us what your thoughts are. How do you get, I mean, you packed up, you went, you found yourself, you, you have a successful career. Um, I've seen your photos. You have a, fam- a happy family. Are you still working on that space? Is it a destination, a journey? Or tell, share what you want to share in this story that you can think help our listening audience. Um, well, uh, kind of just to give you a little, uh, a little background so you can follow me through the story. I was always that kid that uh, got into things, you know. I'd, I'd bite the teacher at seven because she wanted to spank me with the paddle, and she did. 
and it hurt. So, you know, while down on the floor, I was close to her legs, so I bit her. But, you know, and so they would do things to me, like send me to the school psychologist, you know, and they put these little movies on for me. What do you see? And I'm thinking, oh, okay, what do I tell this person? And I say, well, oh, he kicked his butt. They were like Roadrunner cartoons, you know, and he would give me candy. So I finally figured out how I wanted to go to the school psychologist three times a week as opposed to one like the rest of the students because I could get candy. And I did so for a while, and then they figured out that there's nothing really wrong according to what they say. Well, we, we move on. Um, my mother... Um, I had a lot of issues with um, some of the things that she was teaching us at a young age. And don't get me wrong, my mother loved us, and I know we were everything to her. But sometimes, you know, some people learn differently, and I was one of those people. But, of course, back in the uh, late 60s and the 70s, you know, you... You had to, society said, this is what you do, then this is what you do. Are you, you know, we, we, we were uh, raised as um, Jehovah's Witnesses, so we, we went uh, to the kingdom hall. My mother, she would always tell me things like, you're Camille and you're special. She did work on all of that, but I never really had a chance to do the things I wanted to do. You know, I, I, I've always wanted to, I can remember being as little as seven or eight years old, and I said, I want to be an entertainer. I want to, you know, do these things. But these weren't things that were on the agenda for us or for me as a child. Um, so I left um, my parents at a very young age, maybe 20, 21, and I packed up and I came to California with $77 in clothes for a week. I love you. Um, when I did that, I I ran into, uh, now I had to grow up because I came from a pretty much sheltered environment. And now you're here in the big city of Lala. And uh, uh, so I went through a lot of things, first of all, just growing up, learning life, uh, learning what goes on in a place like this. So... Um, Eventually, maybe three, four years later, you know, I was in a relationship. I had uh, my daughter, who is now an adult with three children of her own. Uh, and But during that whole time, I was still trying to find myself. Who am I? What do I want? I mean, I was out there. I, was, I, I started in 19, I want to say, 88, writing Oprah. Uh, because I needed to go on her show. You know, I, I had an agenda. I had some things that I wanted to do. You won't know I was working for a litigation law firm at that time, and I would ball the paper up, throw it in the trash. I, you know, I was really trying to get there, so I think, okay, I'm not ready yet because I'm not ready to really put myself out there, uh, be vulnerable, such as I'm being here on the show, which is a really major, major deal for me. Um, I I went from there. I I got into um, I got into my own uh, uh, things that I wanted to do. So let's see. In between there, I started doing roles on television and getting into acting, going on, you know, making progress. I I ran into a, a dear friend of mine was one of my best friends, and she uh, is. I'm sorry, uh, and she. 
her husband uh, was in the entertainment, and so I started meeting lots of entertainers, people all over the world, that big deals, you know, blah, blah. Um, but anyway, you know, moving forward, um, my daughter was growing up, and I still was still searching, searching, really trying to find. So I thought maybe I would go and figure out, you know, maybe some of the things my mother was saying was true, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I started to figure out that a lot of my issues were coming from uh, people just not understanding how I was. So I've now gotten to the point in my life where I have I have business, um, financial services, you know, I have a business and I'm, I'm working on that. I'm really like pulling to make things happen. I'm writing my book of this life and this is just a quick synopsis. There's no way I'd, I'd take up the entire show and some. Uh, but I now to the point where I'm ready to come out with those feelings and truth of how I felt. Um, the things that I, you know, that even my, my mother couldn't understand. Uh, and it's a really, really hard pill to swallow when you feel that your family doesn't understand or they don't want to hear what you're doing. You're on another project, you know, you're this, you know, it's not right or whatever. And it's like your way may not be my way. I, I feel like, you know, when I was younger, my mother felt like, you know, I want my daughters to get married in a white wedding dress and blah, blah, blah. Well, Mom, if that's not our our dream, right. you know, we have to be mutually agreeable to agree that it's okay for you to want something different. Do you, do you, you know? think that some of that, kind of decision making from our parents because we all have parents that's in the same generational age Mm -hmm. and and I I try to you know now that I have a little spot in the south I am I'm not disappointed I'm not angry but I am I'm saddened um, how we have come so far socially as a as a people and this old paradigm is thinking uh oh noise there's no, uh, can everybody hear me? Uh, and that old yes. paradigm of thinking is out there. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Our f- parents and, 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 and relatives, they've had 50, 60 years to transform, get rid of some of these bad habits, celebrate a new experience. Um, um, and I, I find that, I mean, down south, the number one thing people say to me, are you married? And I feel so sorry for these people because I'm thinking, do you think marriage is a part of the wholeness of it all? I mean, I would like for someone to say, do you, what book are you reading? I, I, it's such a, I just so feel so, my, I, my heart goes out in pain in it. So do you think your mother's philosophy, because my mother had the same philosophy. Um, I think everybody in our town did, for the most part, had that same, that generation. Get married, uh, support your husband. And it's like, Excuse me, I am an equal, a, I am an equal, 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 I fight, it's, I knew I would never get married because I, I was not going to let society pigeonhole me with the mindset that a man should be the head of my household because that was never going to happen. It's a I, did, I did not have that upbringing. That oh, didn't happen did? in my house. No, we were taught you must be independent. You are on your own. I'll give you yeah. a roof. I'll give you a roof. I'm always going to love you, but you better figure it out. And that's exact. I left home at 16. And right. I emancipated myself legally at the age of 17. 
That's sexy. That's yeah, it was very sexy. And my parents supported me in getting my first apartment. My grandmother gave me the money. They didn't have the resources to get my first apartment when I was just turning 18. And then you put yourself through college. And I put myself through college. I did not want them to have the hardship. So, And, you know, and I've been pretty much on my own ever since. Even in my marriage, I was on my own. Right. Well, you know, that's very interesting. So, Camille, when did it go off? When did the light bulb go off for you that uh, I need to start putting these puzzles together, define who I am? I get to do that. I have a different experience. I have a different story. I'm born in a different generation. And was there a way you I mean, because I know we we come from a similar we come from the same background where. Yes. Go ahead. You know. When you try to tell your parents and your family, this is what I believe, this is how I define myself, we don't get that celebration. It's, you know, it's okay, whatever, whatever. But let's talk about it because it's not so painful. No, I don't want to talk about it. Just do you, you know, that kind of thing. What happened to me is I just decided one day that it's not my fault of you know, the things that I feel that maybe, you know, my parents felt that I didn't feel. But it became my responsibility to make my life the way I needed it to be. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. So once I understood that you cannot hate and begrudge someone, and believe me, I had my own thoughts, but you cannot hate and begrudge someone for what they truly believed right because that's their truth right that's well, their truth well you know and you so, i'm sorry go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no no go ahead Ask me. no i was just going to say based on, i know we're going to have to we got two minutes we're going to have to shut it down but okay. when, when we look at this show and we're talking about your unfolding truth how to examine it you gave the master answer and that is it is absolutely your responsibility it's your responsibility. And so um, as um, we've covered some of the points and, and uh, all, all of us ladies have covered points. And I, boy, this is why we need a two hour show. Right, ladies? But I'm going to encourage a couple of things here. I'm going to encourage that you find someone and it may not be in your family and don't let that hurt you. We do got to I went to therapy just to get stronger as a person to cope with life. Um, at 22, it was like, nope, I'm not strong enough. I am a wimpy little young lady and I need to get strong enough to manage these decisions that I have to make. Find someone that will listen to you. Find someone that will listen to you and, and, and not judge you if you are uncomfortable going to therapy or sitting with someone. If your family aren't quite ready for you to define, um, to understand who you are, it's really okay. Send them love and... and oh, as, I do. Um, Camille said, yeah, it is your responsibility. Um, And Mm -hmm. as, you know, remember the great things in our family, we bring them forward. And those that those bad habits, uh, let them go. Let them go. It's okay. Um, I I make sure I stand in my truth. So I want my nieces and my nephews to understand that each generation is supposed to get better. And, 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 And so we are cutting down i think i think they're just telling us that we're down to our last 30 seconds i want to thank kavia i want to thank 
everybody else that have have shared um, today on the show. Make sure you go to Not Just Talk Radio and download the 14 um, things you can do to help define your truth. Um, It's a wonderful season. They are shutting me off. And if nobody told you they love you today, we do at Not Just Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Not Just Talk Radio. You'll want to check out the next edition of the show next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 